is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I have an interesting story to tell about how I was prevented from exercising my so-called right to vote today. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to that, but I want to talk to you about what you're interested in. And we'll start with Kurt in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Kurt. You're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight? What's on your mind, Kurt? Well, I'd like to speak about family. Okay, sure. Uh, there's, there's, there has been some talk um, in the past couple of weeks, starting with, I believe, Alex from New Hampshire, uh, calling about his relationship with his father. And uh, I guess it went off into a, a mark tirade against you as well. Um, and then a gentleman called in the, uh, the subsequent day to talk about uh, how his actions in cutting people off in, their, in his life have been deleterious to him. Mm-hmm. And I'd like, to, I'd like to kind of give you the opposite side of the coin. Please do. When I was, when I was um, uh, in my mid-20s, about 15, 20 years ago, I made it a point that I was never going to leave. I'm number five of seven kids. And, and I was never going to leave one of my brothers, my sisters, or my parents' presence or hang up the phone without saying I love you to them. That's nice. And I made it a point to also give my parents, you know, to, to tell them how I felt. You know, I would, I would speak, you know, with somebody, and they would tell me some horror story about something that happened to them in their childhood. I would politely excuse myself and dial my phone, and whether it was my mother or my father to pick, you know, pick up, I would recap the horror story and then thank them for my trauma-free childhood. That's great. Um, it's nice to show well, appreciation. I, well, absolutely, but it, it, it didn't just do that. I, well, I lost my mother a week ago last Saturday. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, but mm. I had several occasions in the last couple of weeks where I was able to tell her again how much I appreciated what she had done for me and, and how, you know, and um, even though I'm the only person in my family that holds my liberty viewpoint and, 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 and frequently at odds in conversations where, you know, it's the entire room shouting at me. Mm. I, I'm used to that, holding my viewpoint. Okay. But I don't know if if it has really yet to hit me or if I'm being more eased through the process by knowing that nothing has been left unsaid and, and by, you know, getting these things out there to, to let my parents know how I feel. Um, now, I would, never, I would never disrespect them by just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. If they said something I disagreed with, I would tell them I disagreed with them and, and why. I would never, ever leave without saying I love you. And it really had a huge impact on our family life. It was very uncomfortable for my brothers, and especially my father, who's a World War II veteran. You know, so, I mean, you get this, this you know, who is now 84-year-old guy, rough and tough. And, I mean, even at 84, we still go out to the gun range, and he shoots a three fifty seven Magnum. I hope it doesn't skip a generation. But... <laughs> It got very, it was very uncomfortable to begin with for them, but they fell into it very, you know, very easily. And now my father says, 
I love you to me very easily. And it's a it's a wonderful thing. It really is a wonderful thing. That is a lovely story. Kurt. It was the same, uh, Kurt. It's this. I I did this. Did, made the same commitment uh, for my parents, and my father's dead now. But um, my mother, you know, my father wasn't such a big deal because we went through the divorce, and he wanted very badly to get my attention, and and so it was much easier for him. My mother, I never withdrew my attention from, but she had never said I loved you. That wasn't you know how it was done and sometimes i still find her saying uh you too or, or whatever and it's hilarious <laughs> but but you know I, I i can see that it's uh a, it's changed the relationship and i think it's it's a practice well worth undertaking absolutely exponential returns like the amp program you know <laughs> very good kurt anything else you want to share tonight oh well just that everybody out there who appreciates this program please sign up for the amp if you're an amper please move up to the next level Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate the call tonight and the story at 800-259-9231. Nick, do you uh, get along well with uh, with your parents? Yeah, I do. That's great. I mean, I, we're not particularly touchy-feely when it comes mm-hmm. to saying I love you and things like that, but I I get along fairly well with my parents. Does it, it get said? Does uh, Does I love you get said? It has been said. But not on a regular basis. No. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. So, Mark, I, I didn't tell you this earlier, right? I I, uh, I was prevented from voting today. Um, I think I got the Pork 411. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I was so shocked I I, I had to send out a Pork 411, uh, 411, which is a way that we, uh, the activists up here in New Hampshire, the Liberty uh, Advocates, will are able to reach out to one another and kind of let them know what's going on. Uh, I was blown away by this. I mean, I've been able to vote every single election that I've been here. I, I moved here to New Hampshire back in 2006, and I've been able to participate in the elections, no problem well, at all. What did you have to re-register? Because once you haven't moved, once you're registered, you're well. Here's what happened. I first, first when I moved up here, I registered at the mailbox that I own. I registered at a, a, a the UPS store, basically. It was our understanding that that you could do that legally. I did do it, and they didn't question it. Everything was seemed to be fine with uh, with that uh, that registration, and then or no, excuse me, I think I might have actually put down my home address. But anyway, at one point I changed it to the UPS store, and then when I went and attempted to run for political office, then all of a sudden they got real questioning of my uh, my address that I that was on the voter registration form, and it was the, uh, was based on the fact that I'd registered at the UPS store that they denied me being able to run for a political office. Now, it was going to be a campaign for nobody, which is kind of a you know conceptual campaign. I wasn't actually going to take office, so the idea would be if you'd vote for me, then you'd be voting for nobody. But uh, they didn't want that to happen, so they kept me off the ballot. And then they sent me notice saying that, well, because you're registered at the UPS store, you're going to be removed from the voters' checklist unless you come to this meeting of the checklist supervisors and, you know, talk to them or whatever. And the meeting happened and I was unable to attend it. It was a Saturday morning for a half an hour. It's just kind of this obscure time uh, when you're supposed to go and, I guess, beg or something like that. I didn't go to it. Um, I just figured, well, they're going to take me off the list and I'll go ahead and register again. Because in New Hampshire, you can register to vote the day of the voting. So I just figured, well, if they take me off, I'll just go and register day of and I'll get to vote again. Because it's usually pretty simple. Usually you just go in, you show them the, your driver's license, you fill out a form, they uh, let you vote. It's not hard to uh, to vote here in New Hampshire. In fact, it's so easy to vote here in New Hampshire. There are allegations that people are being sent up on buses during things like presidential elections from 
Massachusetts, and they participate in voting here in New Hampshire. From what I've heard, I think there probably is some truth to that allegation. But you also have more gray issues where you have people who live in the state. They have, say, a summer home, and they live here four months out of the year, whereas technically they're only supposed to vote here if they live here six plus. Is that true? I didn't even know that. I thought that you could vote here as long as you aren't voting anywhere else. Well... I I believe you are supposed to live here more than half the year. Generally, it could be assumed that if they live somewhere else, say, eight months out of the year, they're probably voting there as well. Nonetheless, uh, one of the things you're supposed to swear to is that you won't be voting anywhere else. That's one of the things that they have on their application. So today I went down there, and indeed, uh, my name had been removed from the voter rolls, as they had promised they would. And by the way, I'd like to point out that in most places, you can't just go and tell them, take me off the voters' rolls. They they won't do it. You have to wait 10 years or something like that. But if there's an issue they have with you, then yeah, they'll take you Oof. off. And uh, that's what they did. So I went and I sat down and I got the, you know, the voter registration form and the old lady uh, filled it out. And... And then I uh, signed it, all rights reserved. I I always, whenever it's a government document, I always sign, I write all rights reserved above my signature. It's just something that I do. And so I submitted that, you know, I turned it into them. And then they sent, they gave me this domicile affidavit because I claimed that I was homeless on the voter's registration form. And I'm, I'm homeless. I was kicked out of my house this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'll tell you what happened here in a moment because they then challenged the voters' registration, and then I was blown away by uh, by what they did after that. 800-259-9231. Right to vote? Not if they decide they don't like you. It's Free Talk Live. You can take control. Register now for the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire's Liberty in 2010 reception. Dr. Thomas Woods, the New York Times bestselling author of Meltdown, will be explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve. Successful investment fund manager Larry Lepard will share his perspective on the Meltdown, including advice on how to protect your investments. Proceeds will be used to help pro-liberty Republican candidates win their primaries in 2010. Register at NHRLiberty.org. That's NHRLiberty.org. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's Facebook. FreeTalkLive.com. Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you great prices on gold and silver. You might get better prices somewhere, but I don't like your chances, and I certainly don't like the amount of time that you're going to have to do to uh, in research to get them. Trust me, these are some of the best darn prices you're going to get on gold and silver. Go to gold.freetalklive.com, and uh, or, uh, you know you can get gold and silver there. I think it's the best choice to uh, get 20 coins. That way you. Uh, Save on shipping and give, get you the best rate. If you want to put a little bit aside every week or two weeks, there's a layaway number here, 877-857-9938, 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. All right. I'm going to continue here, and, of course, we will take your calls about whatever you want. But just to tell you, I, I was shocked today. And it's, it's pretty rare that uh, that I'm shocked by some of the things that the government people do. But... What happened today was that I was denied the ability to vote. I was denied the su- supposed right to vote. 
And according to the Constitution, everyone who's over 18 in New Hampshire should have an equal right to vote in any election. But apparently that doesn't apply if a quorum of the election bureaucrats decide they don't want to let you. <laughs> what if you decided not to leave? Not to leave the building? Yeah. They'd probably call the cops. Okay. Well, then you'd get trespass charges or something like that. I, look, police officers, this is the Constitution. This is what it says. I have the right yeah, to vote. Yeah, that didn't work yesterday when uh, we were trying to get into a public courtroom. The police officers didn't care about the Constitution. In fact, one of them said on camera he never swore an oath to it. Now, I don't know if he was just messing around, but that's what he said. Well, to be clear here, though, as far as them denying you the ability to vote, they probably had a pretty good idea that you were – you did have a home in Keene. Well, Which I have one, but I was homeless. Plenty of homes that I didn't live in. Yeah, just because I own a home doesn't mean I'm not homeless. As a realtor, did you not have people that own homes that did not live in them? No, certainly you do. Okay. Happens. Is it possible that somebody is homeless that right. does, that has a um, that in fact owns a home? Well, what guy hasn't it's gotten possible? In, and what guy hasn't gotten into a little tissy with uh, his or her uh, significant uh, his significant other to where you know you might have been kicked onto the couch instead of the the bedroom? I mean that's happened to some some guys before, and I got kicked out of the the, the house this morning, right before I went to vote. So, uh, so I was likely homeless. you got to get, come back in afterwards. Well, I'm, I'm able to I'm able to come in here uh, and do the show, and maybe we'll make up later on. Uh, and you know, <laughs> I, I won't be homeless anymore at the end of the night tonight. I don't know, but as of the time I went to go register to vote, I was homeless, and so I had written that down. They asked me to show where I was homeless about where I was, you know, planning on staying on the map of the the different wards in the area, and so I pointed to the the location in the nearby park. And, uh, you know, then they then they challenged my voter's registration, which is something that you can do in New Hampshire. If if you're just standing around in the voters uh, area and you are a registered voter, you can just challenge anybody. Right. You could make a real nuisance of yourself if you wanted. to. I have actually read the posters where they tell you about the challenges and how you can do it. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that if you sign the affidavit saying you are, you know, you swear under oath, essentially, that you do reside in that, you know, you are eligible to vote in that jurisdiction, then that's the end of it, and you do right. vote. But that's what I thought, and that's what I've signed those affidavits in the past, because the last time, a month ago, for the primary, they were they had people that were challenging everybody that was uh, registered to vote at the UPS store, and so they were making an issue out of people that were registered there, so they challenged me, and at that time, I filled out an affidavit, signed it, and they let me vote. So that's what I expected to happen this time because, hey, I'm willing to sign this statement that says, you better be scared. There's a penalty here. It's a penalty of perjury, and you might go to jail for a year, possibly a $2,000 fine. Uh, so I signed their little statement. I swore an oath that I was homeless, and that wasn't good enough. I thought for sure they would let me, you know, him, okay, here you go. You filled out our paperwork. Fine. Here's your form. But then the woman uh, that was taking my registration said that, uh, okay, well, now that they filled out all the paperwork, she's going to deny me access to vote. And it was at that point that I pulled out my BlackBerry, and I started clicking, and I said, well, I'm going to catch you saying this on the record. Uh, can, you please say that ag- can you please say that again? And I recorded her explaining to me that I was not going to be allowed to vote. I got her name, and then she said that it was because of a quorum of the election officials that were present had decided that they didn't feel like that I should be able to vote because they didn't feel as though that uh, that I was actually homeless. So it doesn't it didn't matter that I had signed an affidavit. It didn't matter that I had sworn and uh, sworn that I had, uh, was homeless. They just 
it was up to their feelings as to whether or not I could vote. And I got them saying that uh, on camera. And I got all their names as though it's going to do anything, as though I can take that somewhere and do something with it. I wouldn't even know where to go to do anything. And we all know that they'll cover for themselves and that they'll back each other up and that there will be no justice to be found in this particular situation. Plus, it's over. I can't go back and vote even if later on there's, oh, you were right. You should have been able to vote. I can't go back and vote. So I was completely blocked from access. And then there's more, because I thought that was all it was. I thought it was just because they they felt as though I shouldn't be able to vote, so they denied me. Well, Sam from ObscuredTruth.com went down there later on, and he interviewed the, the same woman that had denied me access to vote. She said that one of the other reasons that I was denied access, and I asked her about this later when I went back there, is that because I wrote all rights reserved on the voters' form. She said that was a modification of the voters' form, and that was not allowed. But I've filled out those forms before with all rights reserved written on them. And in, po- in point of fact, one time I actually crossed an entire line out on the voters' registration form. And she claimed that that was okay because they ended up taking that line out of the form. <laughs> so it was just – I mean they, they're just they, – they just make it up as they go along and they contradict themselves. And so because I wrote all rights reserved – and I told her that's not a modification of your form. That's my signature. That's how I sign government forms, all rights reserved beneath that signature. Didn't convince her, didn't sway her. I wasn't allowed to vote today. So apparently you don't have a right to vote if the bureaucrats that are running the voting uh, registration area decide they don't want you to. Figured I'd share that with you. Very interesting. Surprising. Yeah. I, I, exactly. I was actually surprised. I mean, the government doesn't – the government can't do much these days that, uh, that actually surprises me. But in, but in this case, uh, I was. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Uh, And this this one day after, the freedom of the press was denied in a courtroom, which the video is up at freekeen.com. It runs about 21 minutes in length, and it's it's uncut. It's uh, unedited video of what happened yesterday, and it's just absolutely outrageous. They're preventing members of the public from accessing a a public courtroom. The courtroom itself says on the door that it's a public courtroom. Yet there are there are sheriff's deputies standing inside the 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 double doors holding them closed, preventing people from going in. I mean, we called the cops. Now this is not on the footage because we were on my phone at the time when we were calling the cops, but Sam has footage of this. We called the police and we explained to them that people were being prevented from entering this room. That these uh, men in brown uniforms had atta- had assaulted Sam and, ass- and assaulted his camera, and they refused to do anything about it. They refused to even send somebody down to investigate it because they said they don't have jurisdiction over the sheriff. So apparently, a sheriff can go around and murder people and the uh, you know attack people. It might be at the sheriff's office. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by NestleFamily.com, where nourishing healthy, happy families is filled with fun. Kid favorites like chicken fingers and meatballs can be loaded with fat and calories, but with a few tweaks, you can have a healthy alternative. Instead of frying chicken fingers, bake them. Use ground turkey in place of beef and substitute frozen yogurt for ice cream. Your kids won't miss a thing. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. 
And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including the chat room. You can go there any old time. The best time is during the live program. Chat.freetalklive.com. Again, chat.freetalklive.com. And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible. When you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. It is an exciting movement. I'm so glad to be a part of it. And it just keeps getting better as more people come on up here. Uh, again, freestateproject.org. Now then, people flip the clocks back over the weekend. And, Mark, you've got a related story. Yeah, this is from the uh, the Independent Institute. And it's entitled The Health Hazards of Daylight Savings Time. Daylight savings time was touted as an energy conservation measure, but a study of the of Indiana before 2006, when the Hoosier state had three different time regimes, showed mm-hmm. no difference in energy consumption attributable to semi-annual ritual of changing the clocks. Moreover, a study published last year in the New England Journal of Medicine reported that daylight savings times it's not time may have may be hazardous to your health. Many people experience the sudden time change in the form of grogginess or decline, uh, declining productivity at work. But for a small fraction of the, over, of the population, extremely sensitive to disruptions of the bottom, body's circadian rhythms, the annual change in the body's physical, chemical, and electrical, hormonal, and immunological environment is as serious as a heart attack. Wow. Literally. When a small elevated risk of heart attack uh, per person is multiplied by 1.5 billion people worldwide exposed to that risk, you realize that many men and women suffer debilitating heart attacks and death every time we spring forward and fall back. That's crazy. Writes the Independent Institute senior fellow William F. Sugart the second. So number one, it doesn't do jack to save energy, which was the big excuse for it in the first place. Number two, it kills people. Yeah. Adding to the bill, some uh, students of Daylight Savings Time suggest that accidents involving pedestrians spike immediately after the return to standard time as well because drivers have not yet adjusted to commuting home in the dark twice a year. Wow. Ritual time change actually kills. So I've noticed that. I, I was noticing on Monday that there were a lot of people, including myself, who didn't turn on our headlights mm. because I'm not used to turning on my headlights when I leave work and... Mm. It's not usually a little bit after sunset when I get out of work, and now it is. So let's let's assume that uh, the poli- if we assume that the politicians were doing the right thing and hoping to to ration energy or whatever, then that's fine. But what if um, now that we know that that isn't true, the science proves otherwise? Maybe it's just that the politicians consider themselves to be so important that they can control time. That could be it. They're like little Roman gods. Well, and but you do have the added factor of. It's the way things have been for quite some time, so... But it stinks! It, it sti- uh, the, I, I the way things it. have I been is, uh, you, you know, the, 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 it's still a sudden change, even though we've been having the sudden change twice a year, every year, since you and I have can remember. But I still find it a shocking, sudden change that's a pain in my butt. Resetting all those darn well, clocks... Have you addressed driving the driving argument, to work in the dark? The argument that is made, and this is the only argument I commonly hear in favor of falling back in the fall, is that the children would have to stand in the dark for the school bus. In the morning? Yes. 
to stop sending the children to uh, the school so gosh darn early or and whatever. Event, well, eventually, later on in the year, it keeps getting darker. So they essentially are in the dark by December anyway, yeah. even though it's, you know, the the daylight is front loaded in the day. You're essentially still standing out there in, in, in the dusk anyway. Can't tell you how much so. I enjoyed driving to work in the dark, too. It's crazy. I, you, Who cares about the kids standing at the school bus stop in the dark? Does more. that does that increase their likelihood of uh, something awful? If happening they're actually to them? standing at a school bus stop and not in the middle of the road, I never understood the argument. Well, it's kind of it's kind it's not that difficult to miss a school bus stop. The, if they're standing at a, a public school bus stop, the likelihood of something bad happening to them is very very high. They're going to get on the bus and go to that public school. Or they might get into a fight with one of the other kids, uh, the other brats at the school. But it seems very unlikely that if you've got more than one kid standing at a school bus stop, that somebody's going to come up and offer them some candy and abduct them. When I was a kid, I mean, when I was a kid, the school bus stop was your front yard. They actually stopped at every house. Wow, that's I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> well, when you're, I mean, when you're out in a rural community, you're not going yeah, to walk a mile to the bus stop because there might only be a few kids within right. a one mile radius of a particular bus stop. So they just stop at every house. So uh, is there more, Mark? Uh, that's it. That's the, okay. that's the story. It's Now, what will it take? I mean, okay. What will it take to actually end daylight savings time? That's a federal change, right? I mean, is that less literally an act of Congress? And the reason yeah. that they say that it lacks, you know, they say that an act of Congress is because it's so gosh darn difficult to get an act of Congress done. Well, I believe I was reading an article about this on Free Minds Radio on Sunday. Arizona doesn't change. That's correct. They just switch time zones essentially. They're on the the, the fringe, so they're able to do that. As did Indiana at one point, and now they decide to change. So wait, so what you're saying is that uh, New Hampshire or whatever state you're in technically could yeah, Indiana break away. Didn't used to do it. Yeah, sure. The feds are going to crack idea. down on the state for not doing. <laughs> I mean, they don't. They're going to roll in tanks. Hawaii doesn't do it either. They're not. They're kind of sort of a state. They've got their own Hawaii Standard Time, don't they, or something like that? Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, they don't switch it though. Oh, they're, I see. They don't do the daylight they, savings no, because it doesn't make sense. Well, it's a stupid idea to switch the clocks back and forth. I, God, what a pain it is. Yeah. What an incredible pain it is. It's just it unnecessary. Is. It's just... Uh, That's legislation I could get behind. <laughs> I tell you what, that having to change the clock on everything that doesn't automatically reset is just an incredible pain in the butt. Because there's so many clocks in your life. You don't even right. realize. I just don't change the one in my car. I just do the math. And if you don't get the memo about, hey, remember to change the clocks... Oftentimes you'll wake up one day and, and you'll, you'll be, be late. A, you'll, yeah, you'll be an hour off or, or early. Be, or early. Yeah. And that that has happened to me. It's awful. And uh, maybe it will change someday. But then again, of course, if you break away from it, then if you're the only geographical area within the time zone that is breaking away, that makes making it certainly phone makes calls for some difficulties. Different. Absolutely. I mean, if uh, I mean, if New Hampshire, for instance, didn't do it, then we'd essentially be in the Atlantic time zone. Because we'd be an hour ahead in the when the in the fall when everyone else on the East Coast falls back, you know. So I don't know how I don't know how odd it would be. But yeah, if you know. went to say Massachusetts <laughs> or Vermont, then well, you would it, you'd have to compensate for the time change. Right. So instead of a bunch uh, everybody in in the state having to scramble to change all their clocks, then the the few people that have to um, the few times that they have to deal with people outside of the state or or the people that drive to work, then those few people would have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I think that the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few in this particular instance, especially since the needs of the many basically is the you can argue status quo on both sides, but I think that the the status quo is not changing clocks. It's just a dumb ritual. When's the last time 
this was proposed at a, at a federal level. Has this been proposed, and how often has it been proposed? I'm just curious. Does I got no know? idea. I have. I, I'm not sure if it's ever been seriously proposed. I mean, I know some states in the past didn't do it. I know Indiana, but Indiana was odd. They just because, changed recently too. Indiana, well, yeah. Well, Indiana was odd because, as I recall, there were some parts of Indiana that did change and some that didn't Correct. at one point, and some parts of Indiana were on Eastern time and some on Central time. Some are still on Central time. From what I understand. So, from what I recall, there were essentially three time changes in effect, and it, could get, <laughs> and it was from municipality to municipality in some cases, so it got rather confusing. Wow. Well, and it, to some extent, it, I mean, it does make sense to have a standard method for keeping time within, you know, within an but area. But changing that time on, no. a, on a biannual basis, is that, twi- is that twice a year or two, every two years? But. Semi-annual basis is is ludicrous. That's the part that I'm uh, disputing. As a, a, you know, on a, I say, let's, um, let's stop it on a national level. However, if the only thing I can get is a state level, I'll take it. Oh, I certainly will, too. I hate I hate the switch. I mean, I I de- all day long deal with time zones. I make telephone calls for mm-hmm. for a living, and I know what's you know what's what in Arizona and California and the you know mountain states. I can figure that out. Let everybody else figure it out. I mean, the people that live and work in New Hampshire wouldn't have to deal with the time change. All right, toll free numbers eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is the SACL CAI toll free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Speaking of SACL CAI, what is that, Mark? (laughs) Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of collecting on these unpaid accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiency and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. All right. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. Now, we were just talking about daylight savings time and how it's actually dangerous to some people's health in that it can... the, the, the the change to one's circadian rhythms can in, induce heart attacks. Heart, heart attacks people. go up and um, around that time, as do you know, the, the, the claim is, as do pedestrian accidents because people aren't used to putting their lights on and stuff. And for the rest of us that luckily are not affected in, the, in those ways, it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah, having to change the stove clock, really the alarm hates. clock, and the, you know, whatever other clocks you need to the change. Car the car clock. The car one. It's yeah, the never car. the same for cars. I'm sure out there somewhere there's an easy car clock to change. However, I I I, I You've rarely have the instruction book. Rarely have I uh, owned that particular I have vehicle. I've owned cars where I just have never been able to figure out older ones that yeah. don't have an, any kind of owner's manual. Couldn't figure out how to set them. <laughs> so Mine is ad. fairly easy. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you just figure out what the difference is from the actual time. It's and just easier. 
So uh, we were talking about how some state governments have actually kind of broken away or have always been broken away from the daylight savings time regime. And so clearly it's possible to do. I think it's a fine idea, and maybe uh, well, it can, maybe it can be one of the issues uh, behind secession, a uh, secession movement. LouRockwell.com has another story about this, and we're starting to just see more and more discussion, I think, certainly within our movement, and I hope outside of it, of the idea of secession. Indeed, Russell Longcore at LouRockwell.com says that not so long ago, secession was a taboo subject for discussion in polite society. It was almost un-American to thoughtfully consider leaving a, a state, rather, leaving the Union for any reason at all. Everyone thought that Lincoln's war had settled that issue. And indeed, if you ever brought up, if you ever bring up secession, um, it's very likely that someone will bring right up the Civil War and say, well, you can't do that. They'll roll in tanks. But today's America is a seething cauldron of resentment toward Washington, D.C. and the mobocracy looter minions that populate the District of Columbia and its suburbs. If you watch any news service for seven days, you'll learn that the dollar is weak and growing weaker. You'll learn that the other nations are preparing to disconnect from the dollar as the world's reserve currency, and you'll learn that America is in big trouble at home and around the world. Over half of the American states have passed legislative resolutions exerting their rights under the Tenth Amendment, That's nice and symbolic and somewhat unusual for slaves to stand up to the plantation owner, but it's not really necessary. So when is the best time to actually pull the trigger and secede from the United States? Well, Longacre says that he believes that states should be making concrete plans right now for secession. States already have intricate plans in place in case of natural disasters and such. Should not a state have a plan in place in case of political disaster? The United States federal government is a dying monster, but it still possesses political might, military might, and potency. Sure, they can still print money in order to pay the paychecks of the people that will use guns in order to uh, you know, get, enforce their will in whatever manner it, it seems that they want. Indeed, dying monsters often quite, uh, or quite often thrash about and injure those that are too nearby. So at this point in time, while Washington still appears as viable, state secession would not seem to be a wise move. After all, why would a state willingly take the chance of incurring the wrath uh, wrath of Washington? It'd be like the Tolkien movie Return of the King when the good guys presented themselves at the Black Gate to to divert the gaze of Sauron's all-seeing eye. Washington might turn its fury on a seceding state to make an example of it in order to discourage any other state from trying secession. Doesn't seem very likely to me. Personally, I don't have that uh, paranoid belief, but I understand why people do. I mean, the Civil War did happen. Yes. and Washington is a violent place full well, of criminal elements. Uh, I'd, I'd like to point out, the, and the first thing that should be said in any Civil War discussion is that the South, although perhaps they were provoked, was itching for a fight. South mm-hmm. Carolina wanted a fight, had tried to secede previously, dec- decades previously, and they wanted a fight. They're like, those darn people out there at Fort Sumter, don't they know that we're seceding? Get out of here! Leave! And and they wouldn't just let them go on their own. I mean, what's the big deal in, in some Yankees fortifying the Fort Sumter out there in the bay. But they just had to go ahead and fire on the fort. They wanted a war. They got a war. Of course, when you say they, you mean the people that fired and the people that were agitating. I'm sure there were some people that would have rather stayed out of it. The South Carolina militia seemed to want a war. Yeah. Washington worked, <laughs> Enough people in South Carolina wanted a war. <laughs> Washington is working 24-7 to produce substantive changes in America's governance and culture. And at some point, some states might decide that enough is enough. 
But Longacre says he believes it will take an event that happens outside of Washington to bring about Washington's collapse. The most likely event is the worldwide rejection of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency and the worldwide use of any other currency as a reserve. Even the change of the dollar as the currency of choice of any major petroleum uh, bourse, I don't know what that is, bourse, bourse is a commodities exchange in oil, petroleum, and natural gas, will spell disaster for the dollar. Iran has already formed an oil bourse which uses the euro, the Iranian real, or rial, and a basket of other currencies as the settlement currency for petro transactions. Its first day of trading was Monday, October 26th of this year. On the free trade zone Iranian island of Kish, Iran, having the world's second largest gas reserves and third largest oil reserves, is trying to play a more active role in oil and petrochemical transactions in international markets. Between the rejection of the dollar worldwide and the sell-off of the U.S. government securities by nations like China, combined with runaway money printing by Washington, I've seen numbers that say they've doubled the money supply within the last uh, few years, and the hyperinflation that must inevitably follow, the dollar has nowhere to go but down. And that's where it's been going, by the way, for the last several decades. And precipitously. The value of the dollar will tumble against other currencies very soon. It will happen as other nations scramble to get rid of American currency and securities holdings and protect the very survival of their own nations. Washington has been passing bad checks for too long, and the other countries are stepping to, to the pay window. It's at this moment in time when the dollar free falls that the states will have a golden opportunity to secede. States must do what it takes to assure their own survival and not as a slave state to Washington. But a secession alone won't solve anything. The heavy lifting just begins when a state secedes. First, there would have to be a provincial government, or provisional government rather, installed until the formal government could be des- designed and brought into being well, as a legal entity. Uh, effectively, the state government is going... Uh, in the United States, essentially, each individual state government has a form of government that is essentially already structured. Yeah. What provisional like, government is he talking about? I don't about? know. That's I mean, is he talking way. about the people coming together as a province? Um, so, for instance, if New England, all the states of New England decide to secede, then all those states would send delegates and create their own well, that's New England That's a terrible state? idea. There yeah, are, it's an awful idea. There are members, uh, uh, there are issues that would likely be a, a, attended to, like, Diplomatic relations. That's something a state's not absolutely to true. Do. Take a look at Europe. I mean, Brussels. Brussels doesn't doesn't ignore uh, France. I mean, they they do they, they they do all kinds of stuff together. But our states were, in fact, to begin with, their own little countries, and they have their own governments in place right now. There's no need for extra government. I, I don't agree think. completely with what you're saying. I mean, there. I think that likely what they will do is they will yay print their own currency, and do all kinds of things like that. And that's what he says. The next thing that must be settled is the issue of money. If a new nation adopts the very same banking environment that America has right now, the new country will be doomed well, to fail. that's not true. Uh, they're not necessarily going to set up a new monetary system either. It, it, probably not for a while anyway, because likely they would just keep using... If New Hampshire left the Union... Likely, we would still be using the dollar, and if there was something hyperinflationary going on... Could shift to the euro or something. The euro, the Canadian dollar, Swiss franc. I mean, people would probably just use whatever world currency created by another country that made sense. I mean, whatever economically made sense. New Hampshire is attached to Quebec. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, using the Canadian dollar wouldn't be that amazing. I'll take if, Canadian dollars now if you'll give me the exchange rate on them. Uh, it, well, if the I United mean, States government is in uh, the, the United States uh, currency is in free fall, I suspect they will be using something just like that. He says and goes on to suggest a 100 percent gold silver standard I'm for that must prohibit by law fractional reserve banking. 
both government monopoly on, I don't know about creating prohibitions on such things. I think that uh, each bank should be able to set their own policy and let the market decide. Well, if you, the thing them. is, if you, if you outlaw fractional reserve banking, you're essentially going to, if you do it all of a sudden, you're probably also going to crash the economy because the, the, the way the economy functions currently, the banking system functions on the idea of not having 100% reserves. So he says, that would time, create problems. Timing is everything. If states secede at, that t- at the time that Washington is drowning in worldwide debt and the financial markets worldwide cause the collapse of the dollar, Washington may be powerless to stop secession. I mean, after all, are the military members going to want to work for the paychecks when their hyperinflation is hitting? Yeah. You know, Remember when paid- the Weimar Germany stories where you had to uh, take the uh, wheelbarrow full of cash to the store by noon. Otherwise, you waited until the end of the day. It wouldn't be worth anything. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. Still to come, your calls about anything. And this is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number. Brought to you by SACL CAI. It is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Nick over on his website, freemindstv, or excuse me, freemindsmedia.com. You can get freemindstv there. You can also get freemindsradio, two great uh, television and radio programs that are available free to you at freemindsmedia.com. Plus, uh, Nick and his partner, Toby, are also bloggers over on their site, so... Good stuff. Freemindsmedia.com. Now, of course, the swine flu is still in the news, and people, some people are frightened to death of uh, the swine flu, and others are not so concerned, like me. I'm not so concerned. It seems like it's less dangerous than the actual flu. Plus, we actually found out, I think it was last week or the week before that, that they're fudging the numbers, that some doctors are being told to report the regular flu as though it is swine flu. So we're not really sure how many actual cases of swine flu there are out there, but even by the fudged numbers, it appears as though there aren't that many. So doesn't seem like there's too much to be afraid of here, considering that even if you do get swine flu, it's not likely you're going to perish as a result of that. Most of the people who are dying have an underlying health condition, so a common cold might kill them. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you're, if, say, you're undergoing chemotherapy... There's a very good chance that any minor infection could kill you, and swine flu might be the one to do it. 
But I'd like to give you yet another reason. It doesn't seem to be killing as many people as the regular flu, and that's what part is so funny yeah. about this. This Bar- is the Barack national Obama emergency. has come out and said this is a national emergency, and it's just so ludicrous. So I want to give you another reason, in case you needed one, to get your kids the hell out of government school. The story from New York Daily News, NYDailyNews.com. School nurses mistakenly gave the swine flu vaccine to two students who did not sign up for it, including a Brooklyn girl with epilepsy who wound up in the hospital. I was outraged, said Naomi Troy, the mother of the six-year-old Nakia Torres Perry, or Pierre, had a, and apparently she'd had a possible allergic reaction to the shot. Officials at Public School 335... That's a nice name for a school. Yeah, well, in, in New York, in New York City, they have just so many schools that they don't even bother naming them after bureaucrats anymore because they wouldn't know necessarily where to go. If you were if you were the, on the maintenance crew that, that traveled from school to school to school, mm-hmm. if you and you had a hundred schools in your purview, it'd be hard to remember. Okay, where is uh, you know Roosevelt? Why would it be any Washington? easier? To, wait a minute. Why would it be any easier to remember the Roosevelt School as compared to school number three thirty seven? I don't know. This is the explanation that's been told. Me. Yeah, it sounds like crap to me. Uh, anyway, the school had called the ambulance to take Nakia to SUNY Downstate Medical Center when she fell ill following the arm jab. She said after she was released from the hospital that my stomach was hurting and I was itching. The snafu and a similar mix-up at a Staten Island school came the first days of the city's in-school H1N1 vaccination program. City officials have stressed that the vaccine is safe and has urged parents to sign up for it though less than half have sent in permission, uh, permission slips. So that's a little bit of good news, right? That the, the parents, in this case, more than half of them, are refusing to, uh, to go along with this. I, I, it's been getting a lot of bad press. A lot of people don't like vaccines as much as you might think. I, I mean, I know at work they had a day where you could go to the flu clinic at work and get mm-hmm. vaccinated, and only one of my coworkers did. Interesting. And that's because somebody in their family has does have cancer, so they didn't want to be bringing the flu home to actually infect their family member because that could actually be serious for them. But everybody else either didn't trust or like vaccines or they just are not all that worried about getting the flu. But I think it's good that despite the, the the influence that the government might want to have over people, despite all of the propaganda that you still have, even in New York City, one of the biggest pro-state regions that's out there, you still have over half of parents refusing to go along with this. I think that's great news. Anyway, Troy was waiting for advice from her family doctor on whether Nakia should get the shot since she takes medicine to control her epilepsy. When the nurse called for a student Thursday morning, Nakia's teacher misunderstood and sent the wrong student. And apparently Nakia, maybe she didn't know uh, that she shouldn't be getting the shot. The error was compounded when the nurse didn't check Nakia's name before sticking her in the shoulder. The school made a horrible mistake. Her mother added that they never asked for her name. They have no paperwork. How do you make a mistake like this? You just stick every shoulder that comes in. Well, and you are a bureaucrat. And what do you care? If you make a mistake, well, you might be sorry if you have compassion for your fellow uh, fellow human being. But it doesn't matter because you won't ever be held responsible for it. They're not going to fire this woman. Uh, and after the mistake was discovered, officials summoned Troy to the school. Troy said the nurse, the Department of Health employee, tried to get her to sign a consent form after the fact. I'll bet. 
She recalled thinking that I was insulted and really angry. You just incriminated, uh, incriminated yourself even more. If they'd taken proper precautions in the school, this never would have happened. A student at PS65, Public School 65, in Staten Island also received the vaccine without parental permission on Wednesday, but officials gave no further details. Officials for the nurses' union declined to comment, and the health department said the incidents were under investigation. Mm. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, citizen. Yes. We're looking into this. We'll investigate it for as long as it takes you to forget about it. Right, as long as it takes uh, the, the news media to stop asking us about it. And if they do finally eventually ask us about it, we'll just say, well, we had a talk with the nurse, and that, that's that. So your kid got sick. Oh, so your kid died. Now, in this case, they haven't died, but it could happen, right? A lot of people have reactions to flu shots, and they try to downplay it very, very much. And I, you know, I don't know why. Why not just say that people have reactions to flu shots? Why push this flu shot? Roughly 1,800 students have received the vaccine in the first phase of the school blitz, as it is being called. So, what is their benefit, Ian? Why is it that they want to give these shots to students? What is your speculation? Because I don't really get it. Um, I don't know. Maybe they actually, I mean, I'm sure the conspiracy theorists would say that they want to poison the kids and turn them autistic. I don't believe that. No, I don't believe that I, either. Well, I think they just believe it's the right thing to do. I think, I think a lot of people are under the impression that, yes, I, I think there are people who are looking at it from the standpoint that, no, a flu vaccine isn't going to have serious side effects. And they believe that it is a, you know, swine flu is a public health threat. So they figure if we can vaccinate all of the children or most of the children, we'll be able to minimize outbreaks of swine flu in the public schools. So I think a lot of the teachers in the administration are probably just looking at this as, well, yeah, the kids should get vaccinated because it will stop the spread of swine flu. And there, unfortunately, I think there are some people out there who do understate the possible negative consequences of vaccines, particularly flu vaccines. I know a lot of people who say that they've gotten flu vaccines and it's made them sick. I know you're one of them, Mark, but I've heard other people say it and they say they will never do it again. So I think it's I think I agree with Nick. I think that they just believe it's the right thing to do. 1-800-259-9231, and I guess we're fortunate that at this point, they haven't mandated them. At this point, they haven't forced people to say, well, if you want to keep going to school, then your child has to be vaccinated. I'm I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened, actually. You know, considering it's a national emergency and everything, and the national emergency, of course, allows the government to just do whatever the hell it wants to do, which is what they would do anyway. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Just wanted to share that as another reason to get your kids the hell out of these government schools. That, look, there may be some of the, the bureaucrats there that honestly do care about your kids. I believe that the, you know, a lot of teachers in government schools really want to do the best they can. They want to help kids. Of course, there are some awful teachers as well, but some of them really did get in for the right reasons. They really want to help kids. But unfortunately, the system is designed to where... Nobody really has any significant level of responsibility for what goes it's on It's an there. institutional setting. I mean, it, it, when you look at public schools, they really, in many cases, do function like prisons. I mean, that's yes. the nearest equivalent I can, I can think of to public schools. So it's an institutional setting. And you're right, Ian, it's designed so that the administration and the teachers are not held to account in the same way that they would be if, you know, they were a private enterprise. We sure can't hold the superintendent of the jail around here to account for any of the, uh, the things that happen in his prison. And similarly, if something happens to your kids at government school, oh well, too bad. 
you're lucky if you get a settlement out of them. You're lucky if you uh, are able to get through that process. And, of course, suing the government's got to be the, the, the worst experience. All right, more on the way here. You can bring up whatever you want. We'll uh, check in with Afghanistan or take your calls about anything. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. In fact, we may have crossed... The 500,000 threshold, there's a lot of darn posts there, and it's all free for you at bbs.freetalklive.com. And yes, we have passed the 500,000 postmark. Free Talk Live has teamed up with M&S Press to offer you the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. If you're interested in buying this very rare set, you already know who Lysander Spooner is and how influential he was to the Liberty Movement. You can purchase his 2,800-page, six-volume set bound in um, library-quality hardcover delivered to your door. That's all 34 works um, in these six volumes for $335. Just go to spooner.freetalklive.com, uh, and, and you click on the, the Buy Now link, that it basically draws up an email address, and you can correspond with the guy in that manner. And I, you know, I think that, uh, that this offer shan't be available for very much longer. That's a little hint, everybody. If you've been waiting around, spooner.freetalklive.com. Toll-free number again here, 800-259-9231. So, Afghanistan. Things have uh, changed over in Afghanistan in that there's more violence there now. There are more American troops dying. I think, uh, what was it, a record was set as far as... Obama has had more troops die within a certain period of time than George Bush did. It's a lot bloodier than it used to be. Yeah. And they're looking to move more troops in. Are they not? Aren't they uh, planning on that? Are they currently he's, moving? He's in? thinking about it, but apparently there have been more troops moved over already, as at least what as I have been, um, you know, informed. So now you'd think that with all the, the the violence there, that with all the government that they've essentially forced upon the Afghan people, that you know, as a result, there'd be a little more freedom, right? I mean, isn't that what isn't that what the troops are fighting for? Aren't the troops fighting for freedom? Isn't that what they say all the time? Hey, they fought for your freedom. Well, aren't they fighting for the freedom of the people in Afghanistan? Are they fighting for democracy? Well, and Afghanistan wasn't as pitched as much as a liberation. I, Iraq was definitely pitched and sold to the American people as a liberation of the Iraqi people. Afghanistan, I, I, I don't know how much they've sold it as a liberation. Certainly they do. But didn't they force democracy on them? And, you know, essentially, wasn't that the, the purple thumb thing? Was that in Iraq? 
Was yeah, it? The, the Purple, purple Thumbs, thumbs were in Iraq. Iraq. That was in Iraq. Okay. But, I, I mean, essentially it was sold as that's where the Taliban is, so we're going to go after, you know, the Al-Qaeda well, and their supporters. Yeah. We're going to well, go after them. But. Well, this is how it was sold, is that the Taliban and the Al-Qaeda are basically the same thing, and we must go after them, um, them well, folks. Certainly the Taliban was fairly supportive of Al-Qaeda. They, uh, I think that I what I the don't. Taliban basically said is, hey, how about some proof that this guy that you want is guilty, and then maybe we'll make an effort to go find him. But it's not like we've got him either. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's I, the reason that they I, were I attacked. think a lot of the Taliban were supportive of the whole 9-11 thing. They might have been dragging their feet a little bit. Sure. I mean, no doubt. But <laughs> how how do you think it would have gone if the Taliban had said, hey, we're coming over to get somebody out of your country. Turn them over now. No, we're not going to give you any evidence. How do you think that would have gone? Not particularly well. Yeah, I mean, you know, the United States acted like they don't have to provide evidence to another sovereign nation, and they didn't. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. So the story from the BBC News is that an Afghan bill allowing a husband to starve his wife if she refuses to have sex has been published in the official Gazette and become law. And according to Wikipedia, the president of Afghanistan... Hamid Karzai took office back in 2004. So right in the middle of the in, you know, the conflict uh, with George Bush sending those troops over there. The American troops have been there for quite a long time. So while this guy took office, America's troops had essentially occupied his country. And so you would think to some extent that this guy is A-OK with the American government, right? Like they didn't try yeah, to oh, kill yeah, him or a, oust him. Or... <laughs> he's a, uh, he's a uh, you know, client dictator. Right. So, I mean, with that in mind, let's take a look at what this Karzai uh, guy is behind. Uh, Now, the original bill caused outrage earlier this year, forcing Hamid Karzai to withdraw it. But critics say the amended version of the law remains highly repressive. They accuse Karzai of selling out Afghan women for the sake of the conservative Shia support at the next at the uh, presidential election. The law governs family life for Afghanistan's Shia minority. The original version obliged Shia women to have sex with their husbands every four days at a minimum, and it effectively condoned rape by removing the need for consent to have sex within marriage. So once you're married to the woman in Afghanistan, this law, which, again, this is the original version they're talking about, uh, would have forced uh, your wife to have sex with you, and if she didn't want to, then you could tie her down and rape her, and it would be completely legal. Now, Western leaders and Afghan women's groups were united in condemning an apparent reversal of key freedoms won by women after the fall of the Taliban. Now, an amended version of the same bill has passed quietly into law with the apparent approval of Karzai. Just ahead of the election, human rights groups suggest the timing is no accident. There was a review process. Karzai came under huge pressure from all over the world to amend this law, but many of the most oppressive Rules remain, according to Human Rights Watch. What matters more to Karzai is the support of fundamentalists in the election and the hardliners here in Afghanistan whose support he thinks that he needs in the elections. Women's groups say its new wording still violates... <laughs> can you imagine that you're uh, you're pandering to the hardline vote by saying you can rape your wife? I mean, yeah, <laughs> what, that's what, he's doing. what a backwards community, country this is. Boy, thank goodness the American troops are dying over there. I mean, these people are really just... Dying for freedom. Yeah. Women's groups say its new wording still violates the principle of equality that's enshrined in their constitution. It allows a man to withhold food from his wife if she refuses his sexual demands. So now instead of raping her, you can just starve her to death. 
if she doesn't have sex with you mm. in Afghanistan. Uh, plus, a woman must get her husband's permission to work, and fathers and grandfathers are given exclusive custody of children. So it doesn't matter if they're beating the kids. They get to take them. It's it's all nuts. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to kind of you know paint a little picture of what family life is like in Afghanistan after the invasion. Well, and essentially, what the U.S. presence there now only exists to prop up this what is essentially a puppet government. I mean, it was a U.S.-installed government. Mm-hmm. And I, what is the justification for continuing that? According to uh, according to Obama's guy who's over there, basically the reason for the um, Afghan war to continue is because Obama has said it's the right war. Well, there is no no other uh, you know political or military goal surrounding the war. I, right, because I think the Obama administration has basically admitted that most members of Al Qaeda and other terrorist groups that are actually trying to attack the U.S. have gone into Pakistan or gone to other places around the world. I mean, it really, Afghanistan is not a great place to have a base if you're trying to attack the United States. So I, I don't see the point. I, most of the terrorist groups that are actually trying to attack the United States are doing that from somewhere else because they don't need to deal with the U.S. military occupation. Why would they? Around their training camps if, and things like that. If, why in the world would Al-Qaeda want to go toe-to-toe with the American military, the greatest military the world has ever seen? That would be foolish. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this or anything goes. Uh, so, yeah, freedom, baby, over in Afghanistan. It's all free over there now. Sick. Are they? Are we supposed to believe that they're fighting the people that want to rape women and just leaving the starving people alone? Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is, a free, uh, this is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include the archive, so if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, and they're yours for free at freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. And I'm talking about books, audiobooks, and other things. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose. In every genre, Audible has it covered. So get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. The war on drugs continues to have devastating consequences for people that never really had a brush with drugs, never really should have encountered the, uh, the, the war on drugs. I mean, it's bad enough putting peaceful people in prison cells who actually do possess certain plants or chemicals on them. I mean, that happens to the tune of 1.5 million Americans every single year and who knows how many worldwide uh, but a lot of people are having their lives stepped on and ruined by this war on drugs. Unfortunately, it also includes, I mean, it's it's bad enough, as I say, with the 1.5 million. But what about all the other people that are brought into uh, this situation of, of being put into danger, being put at risk of being put into a cage and having their lives ruined when they didn't even have drugs? 
How about Kissimmee, Florida, where, according to WFTV.com, a man is now suing the Kissimmee Police Department for an arrest over mints. When officers pulled Donald May over for an expired tag, they thought the mints he was chewing were crack, and they arrested him. Mm. May told Eyewitness News they wouldn't let him out of jail for three months until their tests finally proved that the so-called drugs were actually candy. Incredible. May said he was just minding his own business, driving home from work, when a Kissimmee police officer pulled him over near the interstate. I don't know how it occurred, he said, or 192, whatever that is. May was pulled over for an expired tag on his car. When the officer walked up to him, he noticed something white in May's mouth. May said, they're breath mints. But the officer thought it was crack cocaine. Now, I've never tasted crack before. But I don't imagine it's the tastiest thing. (laughs) No, I'm sure it's not. Uh, I've tasted ecstasy before, and it's not the tastiest thing. Most of those chemicals are very nasty. Sure, the chemicals in mints are designed to taste good. The chemicals in crack are designed to get you high. Exactly. Well, May uh, said that I took them out of my mouth, or excuse me, he took them out of my mouth and put them in a baggie and then locked me up for possession of cocaine and tampering with evidence. You can just smell them and tell that they were mints? Apparently not. Maybe he thought they were mint flavored. Mint flavored crack, but well, what if he? Uh, what if he didn't like mace? What if he said they're mints? You know, and he didn't like his tone. Mm. You know, you just gotta look that at could it. Be. Yeah. The officer claimed he field tested the evidence that it had tested positive for drugs. The officer said he saw. I'd love to see the uh, the evidence of that. Like, show me the evidence that this is true. The officer said he saw May buying drugs while he was stopped at an intersection. He also stated in his report that May waived his Miranda rights and voluntarily admitted to buying drugs. May says that never happened. My client never admitted he purchased crack cocaine. Why would he say that, said his attorney. May was thrown in jail and was unable to bond out for three months. He didn't get out until he received a letter from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the state attorney's office that the test results showed that no drugs were found. Wait, they denied him bail? Uh, he said he was unable to post, unable to bond out. I don't know if that means he was denied it or just couldn't afford to. Uh, while I was sitting at, in jail, I lost my apartment. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Everything he said. See, this is how jail is used uh, used to punish people, and it was never intended to do this. The idea of jail was to hold someone until their trial if they someone were dangerous. going to run away someone, or that yeah. they were dangerous to the community. Obviously, if you got somebody who just doesn't seem to be able to stop hacking body parts off of people, you're going to put them in jail. If you've got somebody who uh, you know was going to run like a uh, rabbit, well, you put them in jail. However, everybody else, the idea is is they'll show up that's the reason they have released on their own recognizance Mm -hmm. but now the way the system's designed the bureaucrats don't uh, get in any trouble for holding people they only get in trouble if somebody runs so there you go if the if the judge was to if if a judge was to take a stand against the the improper use of jail these days and say i'm just putting everybody on ror that isn't a flight risk as far as i can ascertain and who uh, isn't a danger to the community. At some point or another, somebody's going to run, and uh, then the, the, the system where the, the judge, uh, you know, excuse me, the, uh, the, the prison guards get paid, essentially, they're going to come after them. Like, look, 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 look. That judge is letting everybody go. See, see, somebody's going to run. What about our some... budget? Yep. I mean, the more bodies they have in jail, the larger their budget is. So there's a real incentive to keep putting people there. So he said, I lost everything. 
While May was behind bars, the Kissimmee Police Department towed his car, then auctioned it off. He auctioned his car. Yep. He lost his job and was evicted. Now May is suing the city for false arrest and false imprisonment. He wants to be compensated for the loss of his car and job. May's attorney and the city of Kissimmee discussed a possible settlement last year, but failed to reach an agreement. And even if he does get money for his car and some money for the loss of his job, that doesn't undo the trauma that had occurred that didn't have to. This only occurred because of this mad, insane war on drugs where people are called criminals because they are possessing a chemical. Breath bins. Or in this case, <laughs> some Altoids. I mean, how insane can this get? I thought I'd heard it all. And then this. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. What rabid mouth-breathing drug warrior out there would would take the police's position on this would say well you know he he they thought it was drugs and that's good enough he should go to jail if they think it's drugs hey you shouldn't be chewing on mints when you're in the car driving i mean what how do you even defend the police in this particular case I wonder if he even got an apology. You know, the, the story doesn't say that, but typically after the police toss your house and they ruin your life and they bust in your door and they, they just destroy things, kill your dog, tear apart apologize? your family. This is, the, this is the face of government. There isn't one. It, you know, they find out that he's innocent or whatever, and on he goes out the door right. as, the, as the bureaucrats let him go. The people letting him go didn't put him in jail. They don't even name the officer. The, the, the article calls him the officer the entire Entire time, we don't even know who it was. You know the the people that uh, the people that are imprisoning him aren't the ones who arrested him. You know he's never he's likely it, it, you know is this Orlando you said? Uh, Kissimmee. Uh, well, it's a smaller smaller place, but it's possible he'll never see this officer again. And when he does, the officer's certainly not going to be uh, likely to say, "Oh, sorry about that." <laughs> sick your car it's getting so sick, compa- impounded and and sold, and you're. Your life ruined and your apartment lost and all your belongings put wherever. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But the drug war. Yes, because he was in jail for four months. Think about the landlord. What's the landlord supposed to do? Take all of his stuff, put it in storage, pay the hundred and twenty dollars a month or it's whatever. Not his it, responsibility. I likely his stuff got sold, Pawned given off, away, whatever. Yeah. It's so sad. And and if you think stories like this are unique. Sure, maybe the breath mints aspect is unique, but there are people whose lives are ruined. Even if he had crack cocaine, presumably he would not be chewing on it, but even if he was caught with crack cocaine on his person or in his car somewhere, that doesn't mean that he was doing anything dangerous at that time, and it certainly doesn't mean that he should have his life destroyed. Crack is is destructive enough. You don't need to spend months and months in jail. You're already ruining your life on your own. You don't need the state to assist you, and I certainly don't need to be taxed to pay for this. I don't want to pay to keep people like this in jail, whether they're on crack or on on breath mints. I don't want to put peaceful people in jail. But yet I'm forced to. In fact, I just got my new property tax bill. And uh, the the county uh, amount, which is what's uh, for the jail, has gone up because you got a new new shiny new jail to put uh, pot smokers in. Can hold more drug users. $2,895 for half a year. What a deal. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Last time I paid with $1 bills. Looking for ideas as to how to pay this one. You're welcome to share them with me. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The 20 franc has been made and trusted worldwide. They're about a fifth of an ounce of gold, easily carried on your person in case of emergencies, untracked by the government, of a size that one can do business with. Who would turn down a 100-year-old gold coin? Get them for $233 a piece. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have the AMP program. It's a great way for you to get behind this show, help get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations across the country, bring more Internet listeners on board with the show, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up and get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, last night we had Dan in New Hampshire call in and just give us a glowing review of the front site, the Millionaire Patriot. We've been talking about him. You should have heard of him by now. It's uh, five days of firearms training. He's got it waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. That's FrontSight.com. As we continue here, uh, we will take your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Any suggestions for how I should pay the property tax bill this time around? Last time I paid uh, in all ones, I went in with about $2,800, all $1 bills, and I'd taken the time not only to get the ones, which was time-consuming enough, I had to wait around at the bank for a while, and uh, I could probably cut that down by just kind of giving them notice and then coming and scheduling a time to pick them up, but... Three thousand dollars in ones is a lot of a lot of bills, and I stamped almost. I I stamped well over half of them. Uh, it was just such a a arduous process of one after another, just stamping and well, stamping. And the stamps actually stamping those one dollar bills when they started to hit circulation because I went and I gave them all the ones at the the government's tax office. They took it down to their bank that day, and then it started going out into circulation to all the businesses in the area. And they were appearing in so many places that the newspaper actually wrote an article about the fact that all these stamped ones were appearing all around town. So. All of the efforts seem to be uh, worthwhile in that case. Should I redo the stamped ones thing? Should I should I make it twos? Twos. Twos? I, I think twos are a good bill to do marketing stuff with. So if you want to draw attention to the stamp, it's an odd note. People don't see it very often. And I think people tend to hold on to a $2 bill more and look at it more because you typically don't see it. So. The problem, though, with that is that if I do all twos, then when the twos go into the bank... It's very unlikely they're going to come out. Because, They'll come out at some point. I mean, well, I they they have to do something with the two dollar bills. That's Will true. Will they send them to other banks? I don't know how that works. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Maybe you're a teller at a bank and you can help explain to us exactly what happens when twos come in. For instance, sometimes I like to get twos. So when I go to the bank, I ask them if they have any twos on hand. And if they happen to have gotten twos from people during the day, they will count them up and they'll say, oh, we've got ten twos. I believe you can special order them, though. You can. In fact, that's what I've done. I actually have a, a special order of twos. 
but the, my point is, when twos get turned into the bank, most businesses aren't coming asking for twos when they go to the bank to get change or the, to get cash for the next day or for the next week or whatever. So it's likely that the you know three thousand dollars in twos that I would bring into the government when they take it to the bank that they're just going to sit there and go out very slowly if they go out at there all. There has to be a bank teller out there who could fill us in on this because I don't think if you I mean if the tax office brings down to what is it twenty eight hundred dollars. That you're going yeah, to be paying? 29, almost 2900 You bring it down almost $2,900 in $2 bills. So 1500 too. I have a feeling that the bank is not going to need that many on hand and is going to do something with them. I think. Uh, maybe they'll just hold on to them, but that's a lot of $2 bills. It seems to me that... Uh, well, it's not a whole lot. It's not. I'm sure it's something they could put in their vault and it would be no no big deal to just leave them sit there and then just slowly, you know, hand them out when people well, do ask for twos. I mean, sure, I'm sure people do ask for them because... Sometimes I go in and they don't have any twos, which means somebody must be taking them. I mean, I would do it and see what happens. You're going to have to pay the property tax bill either way. Well, so. I don't have to. I could always not pay and they could come steal my house from me. Well, you could. Are you going to do that? Mm, I don't think I'm quite ready for that. I, I would like to have some other people join me in such a uh, such a protest. But I have to tell you that the more I experience the government, the less I want to pay for it. Well, and it makes me very frustrated that I ha- that I continue paying. I'm I'm frustrated with myself that I continue this. If you do pay, you'll only have to stamp half as many times with two dollar bills. This is true. And uh, I'd like to point out that the government does tend to uh, it's it's slow and ponderous, but you're you're definitely on the radar. So the fact that you came and paid the last time and stamped one dollar bills mm-hmm. likely irked some bureaucrats. And I suspect... They should feel lucky I didn't pay in pennies. ...that they will probably have some new plan for you when you come up this time. There is a good chance uh, for that. So if anybody has a different idea, uh, somebody had suggested maybe paying like a few cents less than the actual amount. So to just kind of hold a, a, a balance... That they would charge, then they would charge 12% interest. So if I didn't pay like a quarter or a dollar or something like that, then and I. What's the point in that? I, I guess to see if they would steal my house over a dollar. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to take them a while to get there. Well, three years. Uh, anytime you don't pay, here in New Hampshire, if you don't pay property taxes, it's three years later that they can put a lien on your house and take it from you. Interesting. In a tax sale. So, I don't think if it's for one dollar. I mean, I don't know if you carry a balance from year to year. Like if you're if you're paying the vast majority of your your bill and you're carrying a one dollar balance, every, you know, year over year. I don't know that they're actually going to. I bet come it would after irk for that. the crap out of them though. I, I kind of if if he's prepared to pay the twelve cents, make it one cent short maybe. How about that? Well, I'd, I'd pay. I'd make it a dollar just for kicks. I mean, it, it's it's more of uh, you know it, it's taking more of a stand. Uh, it would it would seem to me, and it would just. You know, they're like this this dollar, and then you keep on paying the interest every year, and it just it's just a, dollar it a dollar that keeps on riding. <laughs> I think it will just bother them. I, I like something. that. It it's sounds something. like fun. Uh, so if you've got any ideas, I'd love to hear them at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But maybe eventually, when I do decide to just stop paying, but actually, point of information, I would probably still pay some. Because I still feel as though, you know, I don't mind paying for the roads and I don't mind paying for the snow uh, mo- moving and uh, and the, the salting. I don't mind paying for those things. I really don't. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i community-oriented in that way. It's just I don't want to pay for the government schools, which uh, I think are approximately 60% of the tax bill here. 
That's so, a, yeah, they're they're a little more than that where I'm at. I'd like to Not cut bad. them a check for you know they're asking for twenty nine or demanding twenty nine hundred. I'd like to cut them a check for. You know, 1800 or something like that. You know, that. even the roads and everything else that they do that they claim is such a valuable service, they do it in such a crappy manner oh, yeah, that awful. they couldn't handle competition in that area. And they, they really stifle competition. I mean, if when you're, forced, when you're forced to pay for the fire department, you could probably make a uh, competing fire department if you wanted. I don't know how it would work. But, you could do that. But, I mean, they, but doing road work is usually You already have to pay law. for the fire department that's out there. And the fire department, you know, they have short response times. For God's sakes, the amount of money they dump into this organization, no wonder they do. So I was going to say that if I do or when I do decide to, uh, to go through with this, I was just kind of looking at the, the New Hampshire Constitution today. Not that I believe that I'm bound by it, because I certainly didn't sign the thing. I, I have a uh, an, an IM here from a bank, uh, former bank imp- manager, actually. Okay, great. Uh, it, let's see. It, it depends. They may mute them, whatever that means, send them to the Fed, Fed to be destroyed. Yeah, that's send possible. Them to the Fed at, in their deposits, since there's not much use for that many $2 bills, as, as Nick said. At the bank uh, where I worked, we probably would have uh, sent most of them to the Fed in a deposit and then let them decide what to do with them. Yeah, that that was actually my concern with the ones because I had heard from a teller that essentially if you give them ones that are mutilated to a certain extent, it's the teller's decision to pull them from circulation and send them back into the Fed. So I was worried that they would uh, pull all 2,800 or however many. They did not do that with the ones, and I'm not sure they're going to – I'm not sure they'll do that with the twos. I mean, they might send most of them back. Some of them will hit circulation. Maybe I could just do fives or tens or something like that and and just, you know, circulate those out. Right. Uh, That's what I was thinking. Gosh, it was such a pain in the butt what you did. I would think (laughs) – It took forever. I would think that you would just go and do – just at the – you know, hit some hundreds or hit some twenties and – Repetition, too, was a real pain. Fives. I mean, that's still – it's 20 per hundred. That's a lot of fives. Yeah, it'll be a lot, sure. Um, all right, so so I was looking at the uh, the Constitution of New Hampshire just because I was looking at the election stuff because they denied my right to vote earlier today. And uh, Article 12 is interesting. The New Hampshire Constitution is a pretty interesting uh, document whenever I look into it. Again, I didn't sign this If you thing. like constitutions, it's this is better one. than the United States Constitution. Article 12 says this. Every member of the community has a right to be protected by it in the enjoyment of his life, liberty, and property. He's therefore bound to contribute his share in the expense of such protection and to yield his personal service when necessary. But no part of a man's property shall be taken from him or applied to public uses without his own consent or that of the representative body of the people. Now, that's the issue. Yes. Uh, Nor are the inhabitants of the state controllable by any other laws than those to which they, or their representative body, have given their consent. Inhabitants of the state are not controllable by the laws unless they've given their consent or their representative body has given their consent. Now, obviously, my interpretation doesn't matter, but what if it's the man in the robe that will will matter, the men and women in the robes, but if I don't have representatives, if it's not my representative body, if they won't even let me vote for these people, (laughs) that's interesting. Let's talk about it in a moment. More coming up. Hour three is on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, That again, freetalklive.com. So today I went to try to vote, and I was telling the story in uh, earlier in the program, but for those of you just tuning in, I'll, I'll briefly recap it. I was refused the ability to vote today. And I tried to vote as a homeless person because I'd been kicked out of my home that uh, that morning, and I refused, or I was refused to uh, to be able to vote because I wrote all rights re- reserved before I signed my name. They called that a modification of the voter's form. I called it part of my signature because that's how I sign all government forms. I sign them all rights reserved. And, of course, I asked them, well, if, I, if you're saying I can't sign all rights reserved, then what rights am I giving up by signing this voter's registration form? She said, I'm not a lawyer. I can't answer. I don't know. So they wouldn't let me do that. They said that they didn't think that I was really homeless, even though I signed an affidavit swearing under penalties of perjury, possibly a year in jail and $2,000 fines. You know, they, right. they try to scare you. That's with that. what the form's for. So they don't have to speculate as to whether or not you're homeless. Exactly. So you I'll signed take responsibility. You a form that said that, right, you're responsible for the homelessness. They can come, you know, somebody can come and investigate it later. You were denied your, you were disenfranchised. For, for God's sakes, it happened, and it's not supposed to happen in this state. So guess what? Uh, guess what else? Uh, this I forgot to mention. When I went in the first time a month ago for the primary and signed a, a what they call the affidavit of domicile, which is where you basically say, "Here's where I'm living. I swear it. Sign it there." I wrote that on the domicile. I was homeless at that time. I was homeless. Now after that, I was allowed back into my home. But at that time that I I signed it, I I was homeless. And uh, so I signed that domicile affidavit, and they let me vote in that particular case. So I figured the same thing would happen this time. I figured this time I'll sign another affidavit, which I did, and they'd let me vote. But they didn't. Then they brought out a homeless form, which they never brought out before. And I said, well, where'd that come from? <laughs> we just made it up. That's exactly right. <laughs> the, the, the woman admitted it was a new form. Now, the, the other guy that was there, the other bureaucrat, tried to cover for her by saying that, well, they've always had to have this information. They just never had the form at the, uh, the voters' uh, area before. So, all of a sudden, a month after I go in to register as a homeless voter, they now come up with a brand new form just for homeless voters. 
And I I challenged them on the form. I said, well, I don't see any citation here because if you look in their voter forms, it says the little RSA number, the the statute number that essentially justifies that particular form's existence at the top of them. Right. So the domicile affidavit has an RSA number at the top. The voter's registration form itself has an RSA number at the top. I said, this doesn't have an RSA number at the top. What are you going by to, uh, where did this come from? How, what is your statutory authority to uh, to come up with this? So the guy had to make a phone call to the uh, the clerk's office, because he doesn't know, uh, you know, to get his answer on, on that question. And he came back and actually revealed that it's actually, in point of fact, a form for them to fill out. <laughs> so they had given it to me to fill out, and then I challenged it, and then they said, oh, well, no, we're supposed to fill that out. And so then they, you know, tried to fill it out to the best of their ability. I said, you can put not available for most of those. I'm not going to give you that information. So, so, um, it, it, you know, what if people listening over the radio perhaps are uh, aligning your uh, difficulties in voting with what what it might be like that the, the difficulties that say the free t- free state project is having, it's not so. The free state project had, uh, you know, uh, c- the fiscal conservative types um, that have been, uh, you know, campaigning so hard over uh, across the state for this particular election had uh, victories all over the state except Keene, New Hampshire. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. In, in all the places that they did, I mean, you know, Keene, well, New Hampshire is the the bastion of socialism in uh, in in this state. So that's why I moved here. Yeah, yeah. You 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 know what? And and the, most of the people in the Free State Project, I was just commensurating with uh, one of the one of the movers and shakers the other night, and he said, you know, I'm I'm so glad they're over there in Keene because really the the the, the civil disobedience activists and the socialist uh, dictators in Keene, they really deserve each other. And Absolutely. So it's going well. Everything's going fine. You getting denied your right to vote is fine. It's perfect. <laughs> and <laughs> everything else everything is working is okay. just fine in the Free State Project. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, to some extent, I think that the civil disobedience activism in Keene probably does make the political activism more difficult. It it could, it it really could. I don't know, but I think that one one of the things is is our vision is skewed to somewhat to some extent because we're sitting here and we've got Keene glasses on, we've got Cheshire County glasses on, so we see what it's like from here. However, in most of the state, Free State Project members are op- are, are welcomed with open arms in in most organizations because they know that they're active in their community, that they care about uh, you know that they care about their community, and that they don't want to, to increase taxes. By and large, most of the big tax uh, kind of operations are funded from outside of the state here in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is pretty much a fiscally conservative place. Keen New Hampshire deviates from that. <laughs> it's the highest taxes well, in the state. That's true. I'm not. I'm not sure whether the people of Keene might not be a little bit more open. You know, the electorate might be a little bit more open to voting for. People who are, as you're saying, Mark, fiscally conservative for much smaller government. I hear a lot of people saying that. I, I, for from what I've heard, feedback from the general population. I think a lot of people equate anybody who's a libertarian or associated with the Free State Project with the civil disobedience crowd. Yeah, well, they do. They absolutely do. And they, a lot of them just honestly what, what, don't understand Nick, that Nick, there's a difference. Listen, how many? FSP types. How many uh, even you know? You, it, how many libertarians are there in uh, the Keene area? No idea. That that aren't civil disobedient types. That aren't civil disobedient types. You can count them on your hands. I'll bet you. 
Well, I don't know about that. There's a lot, of, a lot of natives the, the ones, who I the would ones call that libertarians. would perhaps be active and want to get something done, like oh, you and me and something like that. I don't mean just people sitting around active, saying, oh, I'm a libertarian. Active libertarians who are not really so into the whole civil disobedience thing. I'm just saying Keen, the activists aren't few, ruining not anything. Many. The, the activists aren't ruining anything. They're not there was nothing to ruin. It, there right. was, they're not making it so I can't get elected. Because I'm not trying to get elected. They're not making it. You you might have tried, but I think that you're far better off trying in some other town than Keene anyway. So, you know, it, they're not ruining anything. They're just giving the newspaper something to report. So, anyway, the reason I came here, and, of course, we're talking about the Free State Project, the idea of moving thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all to the same general geographic location, that being New Hampshire. I chose Keene because I knew it would be a challenge, and I figured that uh, somebody who is a principled voluntarist uh, as as myself should be in a place where there are some very... Um, you know, statist-oriented people as the uh, the counter uh, you know the uh, the counterbalance to that as the antidote, uh, if you will. Well, I don't know that it's going to be effective as an antidote. I mean, if it if it if the activism is turning people away from the ideas of freedom and liberty, then I, I don't know how effective that will be. And I think well, some I of the things that have been done have are doing that. They're sending there are a, a always bad going to be people that, right. There are always going to be people that misinterpret. There are always going to be people well, that no. jump to conclusions. And there was a there was a nice conversation I had uh, over the weekend on Sunday. We were out at as usual every day. There's a cannabis celebration that goes on at 4:20 in the afternoon where people smoke pot in the uh, the central park of uh, Central Square. It's called Central Square here in Keene. And we were out there, you know, doing our 4:20 thing. And then toward the end of the event, a, a nice lady walked up named Daryl, and she had her dog with her, and uh, she described herself as uh, as an ex hippie. You know, was telling us she did a lot of LSD back in the 60s, oh, and uh, and she was very, very nice and very cool, and definitely with us on a on a whole lot of things. And she was t- saying that you know she'd never she'd been thinking about coming out to talk to us, but never had really gotten around to it. So she finally did, and she was glad that she did because the more she talked to us, she actually said this: the more she talked to us, the more she liked us. And she pointed out that she knew some people that were saying some not so nice things about the activism that's sure. uh, that's been going around here. And I said, well. You know, you can't satisfy everybody. That one's that's for sure. If you try to, you'll go crazy. But uh, beyond that, I said that I think that most of the people that are talking trash about the activists here in this area haven't talked to us. They haven't taken the time to learn about beyond to learn anything about the activists here beyond the rumors that might be flying around town or beyond their you know general. Um, that's kind of human impression. nature, though. I mean, is it really their obligation or is it the activists? Well, I mean, we're going to get there. What I'm saying is the more communication happens, the more those Mm -hmm. walls melt down. More coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Some restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You'll see the ladies that have uh, shown us that they are indeed listeners to the show uh, with their photo or validated video. All the details are at shrine.freetalklive.com. And take the Start Page 7-Day Challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your Big Brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. All right, so I, I said I wanted to share a segment of the uh, the Constitution here in New Hampshire just because it's great. Uh, and, and again, I didn't sign the Constitution. It's not my Constitution. They're the ones that are supposed to obey it, and we know that they don't. But nonetheless, I do like the way this is worded, sort of. Uh, it says, no part of man's property shall be taken from him or applied to public uses without his own consent or that of the representative body of the people. Nor are the inhabitants of this state controllable by any other laws than those to which they or their representative body have given their consent. So unless you consent to the laws, you can't be controlled well, by them. No, the, see, here's where I think they've got you. They say the the representative body of the people has given their consent to the election procedure. But I was not represented there. And I, I'm not interested in being represented by them. I've tried to register to vote, and they've told me now that I'm not allowed to register to vote. They don't believe my voter's registration, even though I've signed an affidavit swearing that it's true. They won't believe it. They won't accept it. Um, so I'm done now trying to register to vote, and I therefore don't have representatives. And so therefore that representative body cannot be representing me by going and doing those things. Now, I know what you're saying, Nick. You're saying that it's going to be their interpretation that matters. But and of course you're correct well, the law about was that. created by a representative body that did have the consent of the people. So, uh, to, in order to be able to vote for them, I'm not sure that you can make a case that there can be no laws concerning the process of voting. Wait, what? There are well, there essentially you didn't meet, and whether they were right or wrong, I don't know. I don't study you know voting law, so it's very difficult for me to tell exactly what what was correct for them to do and what wasn't from the legal point of view. But essentially, they, there are certain requirements that have to be met where you prove that you're, you're eligible to vote. Now, I think a sworn affidavit saying, I live in that jurisdiction, yeah. should be enough. I'm 18. I live here. That should be enough. I agree with you. But even if I – let's say I don't want to vote, and at right. this point it's I don't want to. It's the obligation of this organization to enforce their laws. Not to keep people out that might be breaking them, but to go after people that do break them. And the problem here would be if somebody came in and voted someplace that they shouldn't be and then voted someplace else or whatever. If they double vote, then that's an issue. If they come into some place where they shouldn't be voting and, uh, you know, say they live in a, some other town or something like that, fine. But that they know – what's going on here and he took the onus of responsibility on himself with an affidavit i've got to say I, two affidavits. I i support my insane co-worker uh, like it it, it just well, it i don't think he's saying right. he doesn't support me i don't know I, I, no. I don't I, I agree with you i don't think there should be prior restraint when it comes to voting i he think no it, longer I, if has somebody an obligation. challenges and you say no i live here i'll swear to it then that's enough and if you lie then sure then they enforce the law they don't 
prevent right. you from they voting could, because you could According be to their own document, he ha- no longer has a responsibility to obey their law. Well, then well, that's where I... Th- I yeah. Right. And I, they're going to do what they want. I, would think right. he, I think Ian was disenfranchised from a vote. I don't think that's the, the golden I, ticket that you can get to being I, exempt from their laws. I have no obligation <laughs> to register to vote in the first place. I have no obligation to have a representative in There's, their government okay. in, the, in the first place. If you have the opportunity to vote, I think the argument can be made that you, they are your representatives because you haven't done anything to challenge that. Well, I challenge that I have no but he obligation. Didn't have the opportunity, I'm challenging them by saying that I have no obligation to have a representative here because it says it says here that uh, it's or. So no part of a man's property shall be taken from him without his own consent or that of the representative body of the people. The, the people, not of that person. Yeah, right, but then, but if, then if the next one. Agent- if, if they meant an agent of your selfie, and then they would that I think it's a pretty well worded constitution, and they are very concise with things. That's why I like it better than the U.S. Constitution. But in the terms next of its one writing. says that no part of a man's property shall be taken from him. Oh, excuse me. Nor are the inhabitants of the state controllable by any other laws than those to which they or their representative body have given their consent. So it sounds then that one makes it sound like it's your representative body. But it's not well, my it's, representative it's body. It's the representative body of the people. They're talking about the inhabitants yeah. of the state as a as a group here. Anyway, I generally like the the way that sounds. Let's go to uh, your calls and go to Dennis in New Hampshire on the amp line. Dennis. Greetings, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight, Dennis? I am on cloud nine. Today was the coolest day since sliced bread got sliced. This was Why is an that? awesome day. What happened? So I, it's, it's kind of funny for me, actually, listening to you guys argue over, like, whether Ian got to vote as if that was, like, a, a significant thing and as far as, I don't know, progress and in, as freedom goes and stuff. Yeah, it's not. Um, oh, it's not progress at all. It's outrageous, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what, what is kind of funny is one of, quote-unquote, your representatives, a guy named Chuck Weed, or State Representative Chuck Weed, he is, I think, the chair or the vice chair of the election law committee in the House of Representatives. He has spent most of the last 20 years trying to make it so that pretty much anybody with a face can vote in New Hampshire. He's the guy who's responsible for the fact that you don't have to have an ID. You can just show up and vote, oh, I'm from Mass, but I'm sleeping here tonight so I can vote in New Hampshire. He's the guy responsible. He's your rep. He's not my rep. Uh, no, I don't have a rep. Go ahead. You okay. pick Keen. So, so anyways, um, so, so stuff happened today that was like amazing. No one, no one, no one would have ever guessed this. In an, Another liberal bastion, uh, if, if you will, using the, the perverted sense of the term as Rush Limbaugh perverted it, and I should say another social bast, socialist bastion of New Hampshire is the city of Concord, the capital city, where, you know, it, it, it's government workers wall to wall. It's 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 a horrible statist place, Concord, New Hampshire. Most capitals tend to be, but Concord's probably better than most. Yeah, it's not that bad, but it's full of like lawyers and lobbyists. And a lot of federal icky, government icky. buildings there too. It's icky. I don't like going. To Concord. It is icky. But the candidate who was in, check this. So, so there was a special election for state representative in Concord. Now the guy who had for, there was a guy named Jim McKay. He had formerly been a mayor of Concord. Everybody, everybody in town knows Jim McKay, okay? And and he's like a doctor and a lawyer. He lost this special election. He lost it to a candidate endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Oh, wow. Great great job, Dennis. Now, what is the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance? 
Oh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance uh, exists to, ex to, to extend and preserve New Hampshire's traditional liberty culture. It was started by a group of New Hampshire natives. Uh, when New Hampshire got chosen by the Free State Project, they basically set up this political organization, nonpartisan, um, whose purpose really was to help the new people coming in be as effective as possible. Now, wait a minute, really Dennis. I want to know what makes, what makes this New Hampshire Liberty Alliance different from other you know, partisan organizations uh, around the country and other states. So tell me about that in a moment. 800-259-9231. I, I already know, but you know, for those of you that don't, it's a pretty cool organization and it's really unique. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And, of course, uh, one of those features is the updates. Uh, you can go to updates.freetalklive.com, get on the list, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Intern and film and alternative media. The, I, the IHS Production Internship Program offers paid internships at production companies making films, documentaries, online video programs, and more. The program includes a week-long interdisciplinary IHS seminar, a stipend, and a housing alliance. Allowance and alliance, right? Allowance. Applicants at all levels of experience are encouraged to apply. Placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. Apply for a spring place, placement uh, by uh, November the 15th and for summer by February the 15th at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. They're looking for people who are, uh, you know, post high school and, you know, sort of college, recent college graduates. College age, recent college graduates. All right, the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. We go back to Dennis Scottard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance in, uh, well, here in New Hampshire. And Dennis, you're telling us about the Liberty Alliance and what it exactly is and what makes it special, what makes it different from other organizations that might be lobbying and doing things like that in states around the country. Well, you know, I, I think the biggest thing really is the fact that the Liberty Alliance first is, you know, very... Uh, libertarian, although it's not strictly only for libertarians. You know, Democrats and Republicans who are pro-liberty people can get on board and, you know, we'll, we'll support you with your marijuana decrim bill at the same time that we fight you tooth and nail on whatever socialism you might be for. So we can really, you know, work all of the libertarian angles and pick up you know, allies on a point-by-point on a -point basis. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing really, honestly, is the fact that we have our members in the legislature. We have, you know, the Liberty Alliance, um, typically the political director is an elected state rep. We have, I think, a dozen of our members are themselves state representatives. So it's not just, you know, people on the outside saying you should vote this way. It's our people are on the inside and affecting how the people vote. And, of course, the signature thing for the Liberty Alliance is the fact that we do read our volunteers every single bill that comes before the state legislature and grade them on a standardized scale of, you know, how pro-free 
freedom or anti-freedom they are based on things like, you know, do they preserve right to contract? Do they, you know, in what way do they distort free enterprise and free trade? And do they, you know, treat a person's body as their own property? Things like that. And we turn around and, and grade all the representatives on a scale A to F. So it's real easy for the average voter to see, you know, how is my rep? And if you, you know, the honest truth is, if you get an F from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, that, that fact alone doesn't sit too well with the voters and the fact that there's so many activists. I just cannot believe it's, it's, every time you turn around, there are new activists showing up and really being active so that every year we can turn up the notch. This, this past year this is the first year that we started doing our voting recommendations to the legislators as they go in to vote. We give them what we call our gold standard, a nice gold color sheet of paper that gives, you know, for the most important votes that we think are the most important votes that you're going to vote on today, Mr. and Mrs. Representative, here's what we think the liberty vote would be. I, I love that because yeah. uh, the, I was just talking, when I was out at the polls today, because I was holding a sign for uh, the lo- local liberty-oriented candidate, and uh, you know, people that accuse me of uh, not being involved in the system, uh, take that. I was out there from 8 a.m. till about 4 um, but but, idea, as, but as I was out there today, you know, you have conversations with the, the politicos out there, and you know, they, one of them was a state representative, so-called, and he was talking about how most of the people there don't read anything except for the, the bills they sponsor. So having uh, you guys out there giving recommendations on a liberty uh, for what the liberty vote on a particular bill is is pretty valuable service, it would seem. And you would uh, the the reps get their grade from the NHLA. And then I'm sure they're like, some of them are like, well, I wonder how I got this grade. Now they have some clue as to how to get a better grade. And so the ones that want to get a better grade from the NHLA, they can, they have the opportunity to do that. And I think that the real difference here uh, with the NHLA versus other liberty organizations in other states is they're getting things done and they have some effect. Um, yeah, and whereas the- in the other states, it's just not happening. And the reason that we're talking about it, the reason that we're focusing on New Hampshire today is – well, we've been voting around the country, and liberty hasn't been advanced around the country, except in New Hampshire. We're having success. We're having luck. And I'm, it's, for those that have worked on campaigns for either libertarian candidates or uh, you know fiscally conservative candidates or perhaps you know the, the odd uh, uh, liberty-loving Democrat out there, and they're feeling dejected because their candidate lost – there is an opportunity to see liberty forwarded in the political process, and it, it's happening it really here is possible. in New Hampshire. Yeah, well, and, and today was a huge demonstration of that in, in a bunch of things around around the state. I mean, the, the biggest one in my mind really is the fact that you, know, you, you had a case here in Concord. You got a former mayor, a guy that everybody knows, and he was defeated by a person who's never held any political office before. Wow! Who was endorsed by the Liberty Alliance? Had he ever run you know, before, Dennis? No, she. She, her name is Lynn, Lynn Blankenbecker. She had she had run once before and lost, mm-hmm. and lost pretty handily, I got to say. And uh, you know, but then this time she's running against arguably a more formidable opponent, and you know, cleaned his cleaned his clock. And, wow! Um, Great, congratulations. Well, I would say cleaned his clock. It was kind of a squeaker, actually. She won by like forty votes. Yeah, that's a squeaker. Um, but it, th- so that is a clock but cleaning. This, this is a person who now is going to be in the legislature, and this is a person who's four. Uh, you know, uh, medical marijuana is the only thing I've talked to her about. She's definitely for it. At the same time, she's against income taxes and, and sales taxes. She's with us on 
the whole states' rights issues and FIJA. She believes that jury juries should be fully informed. So all these Great. all these things yeah. all of a sudden have another another voice. All right, Dennis, give me some of the more uh, some more exciting things that uh, people would like. Okay. Uh, this is great. A spending cap passed in New Hampshire's largest metro area, Manchester, because 54% of the voters have, have voted on the thing or voted for it, now has a spending cap, which means that their uh, city council is only allowed to increase their rate of spending at the rate of um, the cost of living, basically as inflation. And you know that may sound like, oh, well, geez, no big deal, business as usual, but it's not. It's typically uh, city budgets go up way over the, the rate of inflation, and they, they never go down. It just is unheard of. Now they have a cap. They're not allowed to spend more than basically flatline except for inflation. Step in the right direction. But it, you call it a step in the right direction. It is huge. It is huge because this was all of the the, the, the firefighters' unions, the teachers' unions, the every state employee you can imagine was so opposed to this. They were taking out radio ads against it. They hmm. they really did. They, they spent a lot of money trying to defeat this. And this is something that a relatively small number of people, including a bunch of free staters, were out there pounding the pavement, getting getting the votes. And as a result, we just put some extra shackles on the government. All right. What else? Another one. Oh, this, this is kind of. Oh, by the way, uh, there's there's some friends of the Free State Project and other Free State Project members that wanted things like you know city aldermen and other municipal elections, which is a really good thing. Often it is the case that someone wins, like a local election like that, becomes a city councilor and alderman, and that makes it much easier for them to become a state representative or a state senator down the road. And it's point. It's worth pointing out here that we're still in the initial stages of the Free State Project. Yeah. We only have a few hundred people that have actually made the move here to New Hampshire at this point in time, and there are more coming every single week. And every year, the amount of movers increases over the year prior. So, I mean, we're still on the cusp of, uh, of what's possible. Oh, I want to talk about marijuana, medical marijuana. I want to state unequivocally here and now: the 420 celebrations had nothing to do with the, the, the failure of the legislature to pass the medical marijuana vote. Had, it had nothing to do with the 420 well, celebration. Didn't the votes in the Senate remain exactly the same, Dennis? I mean, they're the same two senators they needed still voted no. So. It was really one senator. The other senator would have voted how she voted, and the senator that voted um, against medical marijuana, we told her, literally face-to-face, we told her that if she voted... For medical marijuana, we would be out there at the polls supporting her, and if she voted against, we'd be out at the polls opposing her. And more coming up here. Dennis, if you got more, you can hang on. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, but we ask something in return. We ask for your vote. 
And it is a vote that makes a difference because your votes help push us up to the top of the PodcastAlley.com top ten charts every single month. And we have been the number one show every month in a row. We finished the months at number one for longer than I can recall. It's been, over, I think, over a year. It's at, been over at this a year. Point. And last month was pretty contested. It was difficult for us to, uh, to stay number one. We managed it. Squeaked by. Thanks to you, this month is also proving difficult. Mark, you're paranoid. You think the other show that's currently winning is cheating. The other show that's that. winning right now placed 258th last month. You, maybe they never asked their listeners for votes before. So you yeah. always think they're cheating. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. We're not. I don't always. How many times have you? How many times have I claimed that? Well, it's rare, it's rare that anyone's beating us. So every time that anyone's ever beat us, you think they're cheating. I don't think that, that the other one um, is, is cheating. I don't, I don't remember anybody that I thought was cheating in the recent I past. I remember that. But yeah. Anyway, you, so we still need your votes, regardless, at vote.freetalklive.com. You can go there. All you need is your email address. That is how you'll be verified as a real-life human being. Uh, go to vote.freetalklive.com, please. It makes a big difference. Totasac, it's a little handle. It's made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States. It's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks, mostly for grocery bags, and you won't believe how much easier life is. Everybody who gets one of these things has, writes me an email and says, wow, I think these things are great. I would have never guessed. It's Totasac. T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot com. Go there and get a family pack today. Um, as a matter of fact, they're offering a special Christmas deal, and you can buy two family packs, and they'll ship the uh, ship the other one to whomever you'd like for free. So it's Totasac. All right, we continue. Dennis Goddard is here from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, kind of giving us a rundown of some of the successes, liberty-oriented successes uh, in today's election in New Hampshire. And the reason why is because, well, we're shamelessly promoting New Hampshire as a place, as a destination for liberty-minded people. Because getting people together who believe in freedom is the only way we're going to see the tide of the increase of the state rolled back and possibly see everything turned around and, and maybe actually see liberty in our lifetime. The only way, in my mind, is to get people together and so far, only a few hundred people have moved to New Hampshire and have gotten active. Uh, more are coming all the time. The Free State Project's move doesn't officially start until the project reaches 20,000, but people are moving before that because it makes sense to do it sooner rather than later, rather than waiting around. And so that's why a lot of people are coming uh, sooner rather than later, and that's why I'm encouraging it. That's why we moved here uh, three years ago, to get involved, to get things started. And so really, just we're on the cusp of this movement, and there have been some wonderful successes. And Dennis, you still had some... Some, uh, I guess something else you wanted to share. So go ahead. I just want to share a little story. So, so there's this uh, senator from, you know, state senator from Manchester who um, was opposed to medical marijuana, and we knew she was the swing vote. It really, her vote was going to be the deciding vote on this thing. And you know, we we told her up front, if you go with us, we're going to support you. If you go against us, we're going to go against you, as far as our activists are concerned. And she decided to. You know, stick with, uh, I guess, her party bosses and the unions and some other strange alliances that said no to medical marijuana. And so she, she cast the vote uh, that, that, that prevented us from having medical marijuana this year. So we were so – it turns out she, she's not only a state senator, she's also an alderman, which is like a city council-type person. Mm-hmm. So we got, oh, I know about a dozen, dozen and a half people that, uh, you know, we, we got some signs, little signs that we made up, you know, uh, Betsy DeVries uh, makes political prisoners out of uh, uh, you know uh, out of sick people and mm-hmm. you know little unflattering drawings of her kicking people and stuff like that. Nice, you know, not very good. And of course, we're standing there with these signs, and she, the senator. 
visitor herself is like five feet away holding her own sign right in front of the school, you know, where you go in to vote. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's like real New Hampshire politics, where the person that you are opposing in the state Senate is three feet from you holding her own sign while you're sitting there holding your sign against her. Mm-hmm. Hey, Betsy, how are you this morning? You know? And uh, then our secret weapon came out. Our secret weapon, a disabled uh, uh, Vietnam War veteran who's also a medical marijuana patient. So he comes up on his like little electric motorized <laughs> wheelchair, and he's got a big hand-drawn sign that's plastered right on the front of his wheelchair. And you can read this thing from a mile away. It says, I should be here. Picture of a hospital with a red cross. Betsy DeVries wants me here. Picture of a jail. Wow. Okay? And you know, they're, they're, some of these places, they're really funny about the rules. They have like a free speech zone. You can only hold your political signs in this little area. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> this vet's having none of it. He's over it. He's over it. He doesn't care anymore, right? He's Good driving time. up and down right in front of the moderator, right where all the cars are driving in his little electric uh, wheelchair. He's honking his horn. Me, me, me. He drives the thing all over, and everyone's, you know, oh, my goodness. And so, you know, the the, the senator's on the phone, and she's getting another senator over there. And then the, 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 the leader of the Democratic Party comes over, and, and they're all having a little powwow. And we see all these people having a powwow and pointing over us. And we're like, wow, what's going on, right? So uh, one of the other activists, he gets a video camera out and follows as our friend, the uh, the veteran, pulls right up to, to the senator and says, Senator, I am your constituent, and I have some questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> and she is not biting. She is not having it. But, boy, is it going to make some great YouTube. She doesn't want to discuss it. Why don't you talk about that with another senator? Are you sure you're my constituent? Yes, I am, ma'am. I'm right up the road, and I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I'm disabled, and I want to know why you want to send me to prison. Oh, Awesome. It's perfect YouTube moments, and I believe that it will be posted up on Free State Blogs as soon as it gets uploaded. It's going to be uh, good, fun stuff to bring up when this lady is trying to run later, and it's an example of how much fun you can have with these people. That's great. I hope he sparks up, too, someday. Like I, I know that the people are talking about maybe doing a, a mass smokeout up in Concord sometime next year, and I think it would be great to have the medical patients leading an event like that. I think that would be wonderful. Someone yeah, a guy in a wheelchair would be hard to arrest. It's a terrible idea for an event, and it's a good way to make sure that we do not get a decrim bill passed. That's a terrible idea to have medical patients smoking pot? I mean, what's so terrible about that, Dennis? Well, if you want it, it, it depends on what your goals are. And if your goal is to win and you define winning as the law changes and they stop harassing people, then you need to have a whole bunch of reps who are on the fence who are sort of in their mind starting to come to grips with the idea that just like the gun doesn't jump off the table and shoot you, also the marijuana doesn't jump off the table and smoke itself. You don't you. think that and that would you don't think that showing them Vietnam veterans and other people that ne- that need medical help actually safely engaging in consuming cannabis would show them those things? Would show them that oh, marijuana is not dangerous? If you have a bunch of people that are afraid of guns, do you think the right way to make them pass Gun freedom legislation is to have a whole bunch of armed people shooting guns at the state house but not hurting people? No, I would think it would be more sensible to have them carrying guns peacefully rather than shooting them. Just like carrying marijuana or smoking it peacefully would in no way put anyone else in danger. It's a good it's, good it's, try, though. It's, it's a 
emotional. It's an emotional reaction. That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with humans that have emotional reactions. If your interest is winning. Dennis, didn't you just say a moment ago that uh, the cannabis smokeouts had no effect whatsoever on how the uh, the medical vote came out? That's right. So it sounds like you're arguing against the point that you just made. No, no, no. I mean, the, the, the 420 things certainly aren't helping and it's not, or anything like that. But if you guys are talking about, because I know that, for example, a free stater put up a, uh, a, a medical marijuana decrim bill. Right, it's a it's a formal official thing. There's going to be a decrim bill, and um, you know he's going to try to do this. It's one of the Republican free staters, and he's going to try to do this with you know some bipartisan support. And he's going to try to say, well, you know, we can at least tax it, and you know it's not going to, you know, it's going to save the state money. He's going to try to make it as comfortable as possible for the Republicans that are scared of marijuana. Now, if they read about it in the paper that there are some people in the public park. It's not that scary to them, but it's almost like taking it home. It's almost like taking it to their place of work where well, the reps go. And to me, Dennis, I, I, I tend to agree, but what I'm looking at it as is when people look at, say, people standing on Central Square in Keene smoking marijuana at 4.20 in the afternoon, number one, they think, I wonder if those people have jobs. And number two, they think, is that what's going to happen if we decriminalize marijuana? Because if it is, then we need to keep it illegal. I think it's the yes. wrong example to show because you're showing people exactly what the drug warriors are saying will happen. And that's people smoking exactly. marijuana like everywhere. And dirty hippies and, you know, Thanks, Dennis, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Let's talk to, I believe, Alex is in New Hampshire. you got about 20 seconds, Alex. Go. If you owe the bank $100, that's your problem. If you owe the bank $100 million, that's the bank's problem. I'll call back tomorrow. Okay. Thanks for the call tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free handgun. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.